Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Look, Bumble knows you're exhausted by dating. All the, must not take yourself too seriously, and 6-1 since that matters, and what do I even say other than, hey? <sighs> well... That's why they're introducing an all-new Bumble with exciting features to make compatibility easier, starting the chat better, and dating safer. They've changed, so you don't have to. Download the new Bumble now. This is Optimal Startup Daily, episode 433, Marketing to the Bottom of the Pyramid by Seth Godin of seths.blog. And I am Dan. Welcome to Optimal Startup Daily, and I'm here with you each and every day reading to you from some of the best blogs on entrepreneurship. And you might notice from the sound of my voice that I am uh, dealing with a little bit of a cold. And one of the silver linings, uh, I guess you could call it that, uh, from the pandemic is that, in our house at least, nobody got sick at all for basically two years. But it's amazing how quickly those uh, colds come back into play when the kids are back in school. And uh, this one is definitely uh, making its way through the family. So I apologize if I'm a little bit uh, congested here for the next few days. But with that, we're going to get right to our post for today as we optimize your life. Marketing to the Bottom of the Pyramid by Seth Godin of Seths.blog Part 1. The Bottom is Important Almost a third of the world's population earns $2.50 or less a day. The enormity of this disparity takes my breath away. But there's an interesting flip side to it. That's a market of more than $5 billion a day. Add the next segment, $5 a day, and it's easy to see that every single day, the poorest people in the world spend more than $10 billion to live their lives. Most of that money is spent on traditional items purchased in traditional ways, kerosene, rice, basic medicines if you can afford them or if death is the only alternative. And almost all of these purchases are inefficient. There's lack of information, high costs because of a lack of choice, and most of all, a lack of innovation. There are two significant impacts here. First, The inefficiency is a tax on the people who can least afford it. Second, the side effects of poor product are dangerous. Kerosene kills, and so does dirty water. Part two, the bottom is an opportunity for both buyer or seller. If a business can offer a better product, one that's more efficient, provides better information, increases productivity, is safer, cleaner, faster, or otherwise improved, it has the ability to change the world. Change the world? Sure, because capitalism and markets scale. If you can make money selling someone a safer item, you'll make more, and more, until you've sold all you can. At the same time, you've enriched the purchaser who bought something of her own free will because it made things better. Not only that, but engaging in the marketplace empowers the purchaser. If you've got a wagon full of rice as food aid, you can just dump it in the town square and drive away. You have all the power. But if you have to sell something in order to succeed, it moves the power from the seller to buyer. Quality and service and engagement have to continually improve or the buyer moves on. The cell phone, for example, has revolutionized the life of billions in the developing world. If you have a cell phone, you can determine the best price for the wheat you want to sell. 
You can find out if the part for your tractor has come in without spending two days to walk to town to find out. And you can be alerted to weather, etc. Productivity booms. There's no way the cell phone could have taken off as quickly or efficiently as a form of aid. But once someone started engaging with this market, the volume was so huge it just scaled. And the market now competes to be ever more efficient. Part three, it's not as easy as it looks. And here's the kicker. If you're a 10th generation subsistence farmer, your point of view is different from someone working in an R&D lab in Palo Alto. The moral economy of the peasant makes this argument quite clearly. Imagine standing in water up to your chin. The only thing you're prepared to focus on is whether or not the water is going to rise four more inches. Your penchant for risk is close to zero. One mistake and the game is over. As a result, it's extremely difficult to sell innovation to this consumer. The line around the block to get into the Apple store is just an insane concept in this community. A promise from a marketer is meaningless because the marketer isn't part of the town. The marketer will move away. The marketer is, of course, a liar. Let me add one more easily overlooked point. Western-style consumers have been taught from birth the power of the package. We see the new Nano or the new Porsche or the new convertible note on a venture deal, and we can easily do the math. New thing plus me equals happier. We've been taught that an object can make our lives better, that a purchase can make us happier, that the color of the Tiffany's box or the ringing of a phone might, even will, bring us joy. That's just not true for someone who hasn't bought a new kind of consumer good in a year or two or three or maybe ever. As a result, stores in the developing world tend to be stocked with the classic, the tried and true, because people buy refills of previous purchases, not the new. No subsistence farmer walks to a store or stall saying, I wonder what's new today. I wonder if there's a new way for me to solve my problems. Every day, people in the West say that very thing as they engage in shopping as a hobby. You can't simply put something new in front of a person in this market and expect them to buy it, no matter how great, no matter how well-packaged, no matter how well-sold. So you see the paradox. A new product and approach and innovation could dramatically improve the life and income of a billion people. But those people have been conditioned to ignore the very tools that are a reflex of marketers that might sell it to them. Fear of loss is greater than fear of gain. Advertising is inefficient and ineffective. And the worldview of the shopper is that they're not a shopper. They're in search of refills. The answer, it turns out, is in connecting and leading tribes. It lies in engaging directly and experientially with individuals, not getting distribution in front of markets. Figure out how to use direct selling in just one village and then do it in 10 and then in 100. The broad mass market approach of a Western marketer is foolish because there is no mass market in places where villages are the market. The eventual power of the early adopter. Take, for example, a swami, a leader in his village. He owns a D-light lantern. Why? He could fit all his worldly possessions into a rollerboard, and yet he owns a solar lantern, the first man in his village to buy one. For him, at least this one time, he liked the way it felt to be seen as a leader, to go first, to do an experiment. Perhaps his followers contributed enough that the purchase didn't feel risky. Perhaps the person he bought it from was a friend or was somehow trusted. It doesn't really matter, other than understanding that he's rare. After he got the lantern, he set it up in front of his house. Every night for six months, his followers would meet on his front yard to talk, to connect, and yes, to wonder how long it would be before the lantern would burn out. Six months later, the jury's still out. 
One day, months or years from now, the lantern will be seen as obvious and trusted and a safe purchase. But it won't happen as fast as it would happen in Buffalo or Paris. The imperative is simple. Find the early adopters, embrace them, adore them, support them, don't go away, don't let them down. And then be patient yet persistent. Mass market acceptance is rare. Viral connections based on experience are the only reliable way to spread new ideas in communities that aren't traditionally focused on the cult of the new. This raises the bar for customer service and exceptional longevity, value, and design. It means that the only way to successfully engage this market is with relentless focus on the conversations that tribe leaders and early adopters choose to have with their peers. All the tools of the Western mass market are useless here. Just because it is going to take longer than it should doesn't mean we should walk away. There are big opportunities here for all of us. It's going to take some time, but it's worth it. You just listened to the post titled Marketing to the Bottom of the Pyramid by Seth Godin of seths.blog. When it comes to hiring, don't go searching for the one. Just meet your match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging. 93% of employers agree. Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites. And one of the things I really love about Indeed is that it filters out those incompatible applicants. So when you're hiring, the process is much faster and you only have to consider applicants that are already likely to be a great fit. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at indeed.com startup. So just go to indeed.com startup right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash startup. Terms and conditions apply. And thank you to Seth for letting us share his work today. Uh, he's been writing on his blog for over a decade now. More than 60,000 people have taken his online courses, and he has five TED Talks. His site is definitely worth checking out. He's got a lot to offer there. You can find his massive blog, but also podcasts, books, speaking, and so much more right there on his site, which again is seths.blog. So head there to check it all out. And I do have that linked in this episode's description. But I think that's going to do it for today. Thanks so much for being a subscriber to the show and uh, have a great rest of your day. I will see you back here tomorrow, as usual, where your optimal life awaits.